Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 46. On today's show, I'm going to be talking about the subject, Can a Pope Be Removed from Office? You can find the show notes for this page at ericsammons.com slash podcast slash 46. Okay, there's been a recent controversy uh, surrounding Pope Francis, and it's not, as often is the case, him making some comment that makes you question church doctrine or anything like that, but this has to do with a uh, clerical sex abuse case. Recently, he was in uh, South America, and he commented on the appointment of a Chilean bishop, uh, Juan Barros, I believe his name is. And he basically made the point that nobody had ever come forward to him to, claim, to, to say that Barros had enabled or supported or known about abuse going on in his diocese or under him. And he basically even accused some of the accusers of lying. And so he defended Barros very strongly. Unfortunately, it, it came out very recently that somebody actually gave uh, Cardinal O'Malley, uh, the Boston Archbishop, a letter detailing the abuse that uh, Bishop Barros knew about and actually was potentially even involved in, allegedly involved in, gave it to O'Malley to give it to the Pope, and, the, and he gave it to the Pope. And in fact, O'Malley came back to the person and said, yes, I've given this to the Pope. Essentially, there were victims of a priest, Father Fernando Caradima, I believe you'd pronounce it, who had abused some people and even uh, abused some minors while um, Bishop Barros was, was looking at it. I think he wasn't bishop at the time, while Barros was looking on. And so this has caused a big controversy because here we have a situation where the Pope knows about an abuse situation, or at least is informed about a potential abuse situation, and not only does he do nothing about it, but he actually publicly comes forward and denies that he knows anything about it. Now, I've always thought that bishops should be removed from office if they cover up or know about abuse. I mean, ever since this came out in 2002, I thought it's obvious if a bishop knows about abuse going on under him and does nothing about it, or even worse, he covers it up then he doesn't deserve to be a bishop. Well, he's still a bishop. You can't take that away. He doesn't deserve to be in charge of a diocese anymore. Now, one thing I want to real quick as an aside mention is I don't want there to be a witch hunt either. I think there are innocent priests and even bishops who are accused. And so everybody should get their full day in court, so to speak. I don't think we should just have a witch hunt. When somebody is accused by somebody, a priest is accused, we immediately throw them out. No, there needs to be a process to confirm that it's true before we do that. But if it is confirmed that, the, that a bishop knowing, knows about some type of abuse situation does nothing about it, then yes, I do think they should be removed from office. Unfortunately, we have too much of an old boys club in the hierarchy at times that protects the guilty. Bishops don't want to speak against bishops. It's like the senators. Um, they, don't want to speak, they don't want to speak against each other either, even if they're on the other side of the aisle, so to speak. Well, bishops never want to go up against other bishops. But anyway, the point is, is that... A bishop should not be in charge of a diocese if he knows about some of you situation. Well, I, I stated this recently on Twitter. I got on Twitter, and I, I made the comment. I, I made a comment basically to that effect. And then I, I wrote specifically, I said, let me pull up the tweet here. 
He said, I've always believed that any bishop who knowingly covered up or ignored evidence of abuse should be removed from office and even possibly face legal charges if, that's, if it's a, a case where that should happen. And then I wrote, this includes the Bishop of Rome. But then I started thinking about that. I said, you know, this, a bishop should be removed from office if they knowingly covered up or ignored evidence of abuse. And I said, this includes the Bishop of Rome. So if, if the Pope knew of an instance of evidence of abuse and did nothing about it or covered it up, then he should be removed. But there's a problem here. And I later tweeted this fact, too, is who can remove the Pope? Some would say that perhaps the cardinals could get together and remove the pope. Some would say maybe you could have an ecumenical council to remove the pope. In fact, this has been a debate that's gone on before in history. But here is the truth. No one can remove a pope from office. The only way a living pope can be no longer pope is if he voluntarily steps aside like Pope Benedict did. No council... No group of cardinals, no people can remove a pope from office. And this is a, just a, a fact of our faith, of the, the, the way the Catholic Church is organized, that the pope is the supreme authority, meaning there's literally no authority above him. If you look at the history of the papacy, you'll see, like I said, this has been a debate that's been going on for many years. But, you know, especially in the Middle Ages, it was happening during the, the, the Great uh, Western Schism, during the Avignon Papacy, when we had multiple popes, the Great Western Schism, we had multiple popes. People were like, well, let's get rid of them. But, and let's make councils, maybe, for example, in charge of the church. But that's just not what happens. If, there's a book um, by uh, Father Klaus Schatz, S-C-H-A-T-Z, called Papal Primacy, From Its Origins to the Present. That's very good at recounting this. I think he kind of has a little bit of a bias, a kind of liberal bias, but the fact is he does a good job recounting that. In history, there have been a lot of attempts to diminish the authority of the Pope, but the Pope always comes out the winner, and I think that's a sign that the Holy Spirit wants it to be that way, that there really is no authority above the Pope, and that's clear from... Vatican I, that he has full jurisdiction over the entire church, and nobody has jurisdiction over him. Even if he were arrested, let's say Pope Francis did something that caused him to be arrested, um, he, he still couldn't be removed from office. In fact, that's a good thing because you could easily see a situation where some type of um, poor government, like maybe under Mussolini or something, they arrest the pope for no reason. You don't want to remove a pope just because he's arrested. But the fact is, you can't remove a pope from office. So although I do believe that any bishop who knowingly covers up or knows about abuse and does nothing should be removed from office, it just simply doesn't apply to the pope. He can't be removed by anybody. Now, perhaps he would realize, maybe the cardinals would advise him that you know his continued uh, being in the office of the papacy is a scandal and that he should voluntarily step down, but it has to be voluntary. They can't pressure him to do it. He has to voluntarily realize it himself. Now, this situation in which a pope just simply can't be forced out of office, it does raise the possibility of an extreme scandal. What if it was found out that Pope Francis knew about these things in detail and did nothing about it and kept the bishop and maybe even did something even worse than that? And he just continued to be pope. That would be an extreme scandal, one that would really... Uh, shake the faith of a lot of people, I think, and would cause a diminishment of the Catholic Church in the world. But I would argue its alternative is worse, because its alternative is basically turning Catholicism into Protestantism, because it would undercut 
a significant pillar of our faith. The Pope is the unifying force, the office, the papacy, I should say, is a unifying, is the unifying force in the church and always has been historically. He's not an oracle, you know, who every word he says is true, although some people try to act like that today. He's not even necessarily a saint. He could be a scoundrel, and there have been scoundrels who have been popes. But the fact of the matter is, is as long as you are united to the pope, you know that you are in the church that Jesus Christ founded. And so for better or worse, we have the pope. And in fact, you know, being united to the pope is easy when the Pope is a saint, is easy when the Pope is doing a great job. It's when the Pope isn't doing a good job that it becomes difficult. But we don't run away from it. We don't no longer unite ourselves to the Pope just because the Pope's doing a bad job or the Pope has maybe even done something extremely scandalous. We stay with him nonetheless. And that is, I think, a beautiful aspect of our faith because it, it goes beyond the human. We're not, we're not united to the Pope because we think he's a good guy. That's what, frankly... Uh, Protestants do. They, they stick with their pastor because he's a good guy. And if he's no longer a good guy, they get a new pastor or whatever. They just go to another. Uh, they go to another uh, pastor, another church, another local church. But we don't do that. We stick with the Pope no matter what in thick and thin. So for better or for worse, we have a Pope. He will be the Pope unless he decides not to be the Pope. And we have to be united to him. Okay, so this is a, a, a difficult subject, but hopefully that shed a little bit of light on it, and I really pray that it's, that it's not discovered that Pope Francis knew more about this uh, situation in Chile, um, but that, in fact, he didn't know about it when he said the things he said. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. But nonetheless, he's the Pope, and we're united to him. Okay, well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, until next time, keep swimming against the stream.